there's the music. I'm so excited. Season opener to season two. Welcome, everybody, to Genesis Avalon. Hello. Episode 13. As Bruce is about to tell you. Any minute now. I know, I moved him again. You did. It's, it is. It's like it's, a I'm guess mean. where Bruce is. It is, it's a guess where Bruce is. It's exactly where it is. So, episode 13, opening of the new season, a.k.a. the beginning of Jaina's emo phase. Um, <laughs> Everyone's got to have an emo phase. Yeah, everyone does have, a, have to have an emo phase, and I think Jaina does it in spades this, uh, this season. I had an emo but, phase. Um, I started when I was about 18. I'm still doing it now, so... <laughs> you are emo, Chris. <gasps> yes, I am. Uh, oh, God, yeah, I'm so. <laughs> How you doing, so, Kat? I'm good, I'm good. How are you, Mr. Britton? I'm very good. I have wine. Which I think you have wine? This awesome. This will make it an excellent. awesome commentary. So, so, okay, so, let's see. I should probably talk about the episode, huh? Probably a bit. Um, Maybe, yeah, I, we might want to start with that. Um, so anyway, so beginning of the season and stuff. And you find out here that Gina's been missing for three months. Yes, Papa. Um, she went and basically said, screw you, Sam, and flew off to Chicago to stay there. You know, and, uh, you know you had almost a page before like, she actually starts speaking. There's a whole page of script uh, of just sound effects and demons. It's pretty, oh, it's pretty yeah, cool. I know. Which, it's because, it's because originally this was supposed to be narration interspersed with fighting, and then I changed it to letter writing, and then you kind of go from the letter writing to the actual fight, which I think was a much better choice. Um, and, uh, and, and th in this version you get, you get a little different kind of a vibe, it's more of a flashbacky vibe, because as she's writing, you hear bits of what's happened last season. Um... So I think this works a bit better. Instead of it just being sound effects, sound effects, fighting, sound effects, and narration interspersed, it's just a solid open to the season. No, I think that's good, and I think, it again, it reacts... It, sorry, reacts? That's not the right word at all. No, not the right it, at all. It's a good counterpoint to the way that season one opened and season one closed, and then again yeah. back in season open. I, I think that's good. It, it, nice repetition, bringing the audience back in again after the yeah. long two-month wait they've had building up to this. I know, because we're mean. And it's not like the, some of the shows where it's like, you're only waiting a month. No, you're waiting two months with this one, because it's at the end of the month, so... <laughs> Uh, it's just so. not fair. But this is not like telly, where you've got to wait, like, all year. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. So, oh, I love this fight scene. This is, um, I, I had Chris Bays listen to it, and she got through this one scene and stopped looking at me, looked at me and went, oh my god, that's the most intense thing ever. <laughs> um, well, as I have oft commented, and you know I'm not one for, uh, for just randomly complimenting you, um, even though, of course, you are awesome, but your fight oh, well, scenes you. are particularly incredible. And I absolutely love doing them, so that helps. Um, I think it's because I like fight scenes so much. Like, I love listening to fight scenes. Mm. So if I have a choice of the kind of show I'm going to do, it's going to be action-based because I like that kind of stuff. It's most of the stuff that I write yes. um, in some way, shape, or form. Um, so it's nice to do to do hardcore fight scenes like this one, especially this one where it starts out with her fighting a demon, and then Sam shows up midway through. And so... Then you've got two demon, two guy, two people fighting one demon, and it's just it's wicked, wicked awesome fun. As she kicks ass. <laughs> she oh, I love that. 
she fires at them, and then Sam just grabs her and throws her to the ground while a car explodes behind them. And it sounds like a car exploding. That's quite hard to do. Yeah. To actually tough. make it sound I, it, like a car. <laughs> it was a it was an explosion plus the metal exploding. It was uh, two different explosion things. So. And I kind of laugh because every time I hear this scene, I keep thinking he dies like a Sailor Moon villain. Yeah! And then kind of like explodes into a heart and goes, lovely! And then dies. <laughs> Thanks to you, the Sailor Moon um, uh, song bit where they did the transform is now on my iPod. Ah! <laughs> yes! And that I is win! It's totally, totally your fault. It is my fault. I won't even lie. I don't think so. Um, so, yeah, you are held responsible forever and ever and ever. That's okay, I'll gladly take the blame for that. <laughs> I love this line. Where he's like, we need to talk, and she's like, okay, blah, 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 share your feelings, share your feelings. And just she just totally railroads over and then leaves. <laughs> it, you know, it's really nice to write her where she's this snarky, because, you know, she's had three months, basically, to get angrier. And to get more wrapped up in everything. So, uh... Absolutely. And, you know, and, and Sam's trying to reason with her, and it's just not working at all. Oh, I'd love to see you try. You asked for it. Oh, they play I off remember, each other so well. They do. They really do. I'm, I, I'm really, I love having the two of them play off each other. They're fantastic. Especially since he just spends most of his time going, "Hey, you're a bitch," and she's like, "Hey, look at me being a bitch." So. <laughs> and I like, um, I can't remember if I said this in the last commentary, so I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but I feel this is a very departure of a character for Dave, uh, for David Alt to play. Um, from the other uh, you didn't say that before, so I'm curious. Oh, yes? good. For the other characters I'm playing, well, generally, and this does happen to us Brits, is, is we often are cast as people who very much speak in a... Uh, a received pronunciation, you know, uh, Shakespearean actor voice. And, yeah. and, and it's not just the fact that we speak like that, because uh, I've probably got a bit of that voice anyway. Um, I kind of dumb myself down a bit. Um, but it's more <laughs> the fact that the characters are often written quite strict and stuffy. Um, and and you very much made Exodus not that character. Equally, he's not the other character that we get to play, which is Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins. Yeah, no. Um, I think it's because around the time that I went and studied abroad in England, I had just decided to bring Sam in. Like, I was getting ready to write episode 10 where he shows up. And so he is basically, I laugh when I say this, but he's every single male friend I had while I was studying abroad, basically. Like, there's something about each of them in his character. I basically wanted someone who seemed like he was a normal a normal street ratty kind of guy. I wish I'd known was, you when yeah. you were in the UK. I know, because I would have loved to have seen you. It would have been fun. Um, that would have been awesome. But, uh, yeah, no, this is... Uh, he's a lot of people that I knew over there, and just... And I wasn't... I, you know, it, like, I think I told you that. I didn't, I didn't know I was writing David Alt until I cast him, and I was like, oh, that's the voice that I've been hearing all this time. But um, every time I hear him, I'm like, yeah, no, this is even more real. real. He feels genuine and real as opposed to a caricature. 
and that's I know that that's like that's a hard thing when you don't live somewhere and you cast and, and you write somebody who's not from there. Absolutely. They easily become uh you know a caricature like Zarina, and it's nothing against it's nothing against Jeffrey because he did write Zarina and Anderson to kind of be like the comedy duo, but she's very very stereotypical Russian in some ways. Of course, and uh, it, it, and that's that so, you know that's habit, isn't it? Cause it yeah, you know, you, it, it happens. I think you write you write what you know, and what you know tends to be the whatever you see. Yeah. So if you see Robbie Coltrane playing a Russian in a James Bond movie, your brain goes, "Oh, that's how Russians are." Oh, so, yeah, sod me, bloody hell! I mean, I love Robbie Coltrane, I really do, but that character is one big walking stereotype. Yeah. Although that's how I picked, that's how I got my accent for him. <laughs> really? For, for for Zarina, I picked it up uh, off of Robbie Coltrane. Yeah. So that's how awesome. I started her her accent. So. Brilliant. <laughs> mm. Mm. Shit, Genesis Avalon. What are we talking about? Yeah, I know, right? So um so I got to say I really liked this but um it, this episode's actually kind of um I think it's kind of funny because most of the episodes of Avalon tend to start slow and ramp up, right? Whereas this one kind of started at a high note and then the rest of the episodes kind of get steadier and steadierly more more relaxed until you finally are kind of just listening and and hearing what's going on. And then, and then there's the last scene with Obsidian and Sekhmet, which kind of sets the tone that something bad's about to happen. But it was kind of nice to write it in reverse pacing like that. And I think it's because she does go from being in a place of very high tension, high, you know, very high octane. She's, it's very intense for her being Avalon in Chicago because she does nothing but fight demons. She doesn't sleep. She, she hardly sleeps. She doesn't really eat that much. She certainly doesn't have a social life. Her mother is there, and she doesn't speak to her mother once. She spends the whole three months fighting, and so when she comes back like this, I like that it's just kind of this, you know, she's coming back, she doesn't want to come back, you can tell it's obvious she does, has no intentions of staying. Yeah. And Sam, Sam's kind of like, have you seen this city? I mean, have you seen the crap it's been through since you've been gone? I would why, agree with why that, and it's a very con- it's a contained episode. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I love small cast <laughs> like episodes, you know, and I think this, I mean, the first... I mean, you know, 70% of it is just Jaina and Sam. Yeah, and I like that because I think this is the first time you get to see the two of them play off of each other a great deal. Yeah. Um, before that, they're kind of in scenes together just as it goes. I mean, they have they have two huge scenes in episode 12, but they're very they're more based off of events going on around them and mm. just trying to survive, whereas this is the first time they had to talk to each other on a... I have to learn to be kind of nice to you kind of way. Absolutely. Um, and, and it kind of shows that I think Sam has really mixed feelings about Jaina. He wants to be like, you're just a bitch and I don't like you. But she's in Avalon and he knows that he has to make friends with her. And, you know, he knows that he has to try and be civil. And that's hard because she's, like he even says in, I think, either this episode or next episode, it's really hard for him to be nice to her because she's always getting ready to get angry at him again. She's ready to be mad at him all the time. She never gives him the chance. And I think that's kind of fun about Jaina, is I like the fact that I got to write a character who's kind of hard-headed. Because normally, when you write characters who are superheroes, they always have to be, you know... Noble. Kind of... Yeah, noble. And she's not, in this case. Right here, she's not. Because right now, she's thinking about her and herself. And, you know, she's avoiding her friends who are alive and well because she's too upset about the one that died. Yeah. And, and I, I think, think that's a very interesting thing to do with her. And by this point, Laura very beautifully encapsulates like the idea. I get the feeling for the three months she's pretty much been Avalon nonstop. That's exactly what she's been, yeah. And 
you get that of... in her voice, like there's you know there's very much the voice change between Jaina and Avalon. Yeah. Here I feel even when she's Jaina, you it's sort of halfway between the two. It's not that higher, more bubbly, chilled out person that we yeah. had 12, 12, week, 12 months ago in episode one. Um, it's much much it, it's much more um, what's the one more stilted, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I mean that's part of it because if you listen to Sam's voice when he's Exodus, he doesn't sound much different from Sam. Yeah, absolutely. And it's part of it's part of and I one of the things that I kind of did with Jaina is that it's part of accepting who you are. She has said before, well, I've accepted that I'm Avalon, but she still has a lot of work there. Yeah. She may have accepted that she has the duty of Avalon, but she hasn't accepted the fact that part of part of being Avalon is just you're her all the time. Yes. It's just, it's part of your identity. It's not, it's not something you could just go home and forget about. And you do have to live with those consequences. And I think that's, it's it's one of of the things that I absolutely love about writing a superhero show, is I'm writing a superhero that I think is, it's the kind of superhero I'd want to see. And it's the kind of things that I want to see superheroes deal with that I feel like I haven't really seen them deal with before. And I'm not saying they haven't, I'm just, I personally don't think I've seen anything quite like, like what Jaina's going through. No, I'd have to agree. Um, I think parallels could be drawn with with some various with with various yeah. comics. And yeah, yeah. Sh- I mean, I'm sure there are parallels somewhere. I just can't think of any off the top of my head. I think the the primary one is probably Buffy. Yeah, um, maybe. But again, it's different because there was there's a confidence and an understanding there that Jaina doesn't get. And yeah, kind of she spends a lot of her time floundering and yeah. wondering how she's going to get through and it. And looking at Buffy, Buffy very much is, has an established group of supporting yeah. people, especially Giles, who really yeah. knows what she's going through. And, is and Jaina kind of has, Jaina kind of has like her Giles for like all of four months, Precisely. and then she dies. And on top of that, she hardly taught her anything. Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot of, and she's got noir, but there's only so much she can tell her and only so much he can show her. Yeah. I mean, the guy's a panther. What do you want from him? I miss Noir. Where oh. is he? He hasn't been in it yet. He's not in here yet. He's in the next episode. You'll find out where he's been in the next episode. Um, Damn but, you, um, pride. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, Oh, also, uh, what I have to say, Marley had a beautiful ad-lib in here where she talked about how she had spent her time going to the Red Cross shelter and helping make bandages for people and trying really hard not to think about what they were used for. Um, when I initially wrote this episode, I knew that there that the city was hurting, mm. but I had never thought to put Z in a put put someone like Z in a position of being right at the heart of that, at the heart of where the city's hurting, seeing people being hurt by demons. Because the fact is, is that three months have gone by and nothing's gotten better; it's only gotten worse. Especially since people are still being turned, and Sam can't save them. And I think that's so what does in- that mean? He has to kill people. That's quite interesting as well, because that is uh, a real turn from Z's character up until this point. Yeah, and so I thought it was a beautiful ad-lib, so I've actually incorporated it into her character more. In further scripts, she actually talks about being at the Red Cross Center again, and um, I wanted to, to, to play on that more, because I felt that that was a really insightful move on Marley's part and yes. I wanted to keep it. I felt that, that was a that was a great character development that she just came up with and I was like, oh, I gotta keep that. That's great. So in your head, what are the authorities saying is going on at this point? Oh, in my head, the authority is at a combination of it's at a combination of denial 
and, you know, we're about to send the National Guard in kind of way. Mm. Um, they're not calling them demons. They don't know what they are. Yeah. You, you get a lot of stories about rabid wild animals from the zoo kind of thing, you know? Um, and the other problem is that these demons do ra- ravage the city, but then they're gone. Yes. Because someone like Exodus takes them out. Now, granted, the local authorities, like like the paper and the news, the news station with Kathy Rosette, uh, NYN, New York News, they're all reporting on what's going on and saying, no, there have been some strange creatures, and we have seen Genesis and Exodus Avalon take them out. Um, and, and now it's just been Exodus for the last three months. Um, so there is a press presence stating that there that that Exodus is in some way responsible for stopping whatever happens, but no one can get a hold of him to actually find out what's going on. And I can guarantee you right now the U.S. government is not happy about that. Well, no, and I was wondering how much of it was being blamed on terrorism. Oh, a huge part of it. I'm yeah, sure. Um, it's 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 the way I kind of see it is like anything when an isolated incident happens in an isolated city. Even though New York's incredibly connected, it's only happening in New York City. Yes. Everywhere else that it's happening, it happens quietly. There's a reason why Asara was under the radar for years. She never got contacted by the press ever, because it was it just simply wasn't happening as fast as it's been happening now. Now it's actually a siege on a city. So, and it just gets worse. Um, and, uh, oh, I totally missed the, the scene with uh, with Julian and, and, and Bobby where Julian sounds like he's on a four-day bender. We did. We talked um, right over it. Yeah. No, i got to give Chet credit because I just said that he sounded like crap, and Trent was like, okay. And he made him sound like the guy had been, like, on his seventh day of an eight-day bender or something. <laughs> and uh, and uh, introduced a new character who you'll see next episode, and, and I love her. She's so much fun. Um, <laughs> but I'm not going to talk about her yet. But, uh, and here's the first time you actually get to see Sekhmet. Like, you heard her last episode, last episode, and I mentioned her, and then I said I wasn't going to talk about her, because she's not important to last season. And, uh... No, she gets named and everything, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the one where I have to do the silly laugh, isn't it? It was not a silly laugh. It was fine. (laughs) It was an evil laugh. That's what you do. You're evil. Yes. Yes, my evil, (laughs) silly laugh. Um, yes. It's coming up, everyone. Please feel free to laugh into your hands. <laughs> and you know, listening in the, on this now, I know that uh, at the time I thought that this that, that you know this was totally perfect because that's what you do when you mix. You're like you have like a few days where you're like, this is perfect, it's great. And I wish I had like spent a little more time to work with um, Bernadette on pacing before I sent this in because uh, it's not it's not that her pacing's off. It's that I told her the wrong thing. <laughs> Okay, like, okay. I think I told her to be too But of course, the I... lovely thing is, is that, like, the listeners don't know this. Yeah. Now they know, because I said something. <laughs> now That's they know. That's all right. Now they won't care, because the next episode is just. Sekhmet is wickedly awesome. I know, yeah. indeed. No, I, I love I loved this playoff. Because, um, uh, yeah, I, I think they, they very much play in the background. Um, yeah. For the moment. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting. I know. Yeah, well, we'll find out next episode. But yeah, it's it's fun doing this show and having a kind of 
hierarchy of villains practically. It's not like Batman where he's got a gallery of particular supervillains and each one of them has their has their own importance, you know? It's pretty much everything is on some level, way, shape, or form manipulated by Obsidian. Yes. Um, so it's kind of cool because it's a different kind of thing where it's like you hear Obsidian and you're going, oh no, what are the team bad guys doing now? Um, <laughs> so, um... <laughs> So, oh, man, I'm so glad that the season has started. I'm hoping everybody will love it because it is going to be one hell of a ride. A crazy, crazy, you're going to kill me kind of ride. Um, they are the best kinds. Yes, exactly. So uh, we're, we're at the end of the episode. I know. Oh, no. <laughs> so quickly. But one month's time and there'll be another. It's all yes, fine. Yes, yes. Yes, there will be another episode in a month and another commentary to go with that, and we shall have fun. Um, so, yeah, so is there anything else you want to talk about while we're at this episode, or do we want to wait until next episode to talk about anything? Or? No, I think I covered my base. Everything I'm thinking about, I know I happen to ne- happens next episode, so we should, we'll probably have to wait till that one. So, yeah, sorry, ne- the next two episodes are both, like, crazy awesome, so you probably should just move on and get to those two episodes. You should. Um, Travel forward a month into the future. Yes. <laughs> Um, borrow Jeffrey's time machine. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. So, uh, thank you for listening. Um, I, my cast is made of platinum. I say this every time. Um, but, um, yeah, so thank you for listening. If you liked it or you and, – and you'd like to let us know anything you'd like to see, didn't want to see, would like to see in the future, maybe, I don't know, whatever. Just give me your thoughts. I'd love to hear them. You can email me at cat at pendantaudio.com or you can follow me on Twitter. Um, I am at Genesis Avalon. Uh, you can also give us a message on the message boards which uh, at the Yahoo group, which is uh, groups.yahoo.com slash group slash pendant. Um, or you can leave us a message on the actual pendant website, pendantaudio.com. Uh, in our FAQ section, there's a comment button. Um, but yes, if you didn't like it, I'm sorry. You'll make me cry. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all I can say is I'm sorry. Um, and that... You make me cry because you're sad. Um, and that and that uh, if you didn't like it, I, I don't know what to tell you, really. Why are you still listening to me if you didn't like it? Um, yeah, why, why are you listening to the commentary if you didn't yeah, like it? Yeah, if you didn't like the episode, why are you listening to the commentary? You just hate um, yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay, no, well. Do all those things. Yes. Get in touch with Kat because he's wonderful. Um, Aww. And she is lovely. No. He says the sweetest things. Right, bugger um, off. <laughs> Anyway, off we go, and we'll see you in a month. Bye! Bye!